0: Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planners Financial Services member FINRA SIPC, guides clients with empathy in discovering and reaching their financial goals and creates financial plans for clients so they can live their lives by design. In these episodes, he relates his expert financial insights and discusses timely topics. Royal strives for excellence and has a passion for sharing his knowledge and supporting his community. Now on to the show.
1: Hello, and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Royal, what is going on today? Nothing much, Eric. How are you doing? I am doing great. We are, we're just like at the beginning of summer and I know it's beautiful there. It's beautiful here. People are outside. It's nice. It
2: is nice. It's nice to see people outside doing things once again, and starting to see Things unlock from this COVID lockdown we've had for so long. So it's, I feel like we're moving in the right direction here.
1: Yeah. And speaking of people getting together, I know you've got a guest today.
2: I do have a guest here today we're joined today by James Monroe. He's an advisor here at Oregon Pacific financial advisors, but he is also the head coach at South Medford high coaching the wrestling team there. And I thought it would be interesting to hear his perspectives on what it's like to uh, coach a uh, sports team during COVID and some of the challenges that they've had this year, as well as some of the wins and successes they've had in helping these kids get through what has just been a a crazy year. Nice. So, James, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thanks, Ryle. (laughs) Thanks for being here and, and making the time. So let's just just jump in. Uh now, I think we were talking before the uh, podcast started. Last year, you had actually just finished the wrestling season before lockdowns began.
3: Yeah, we just finished state uh, a week before and we had planned on starting our off-season program and building the program and doing all that stuff and the, the world shut down, but only for two weeks.
2: <laughs> yes, that initial two-week shutdown, which a uh, year and a half in is still rambling on. How long have you been a uh, wrestling coach?
3: Uh, I started coaching wrestling when I was 20 Okay. and when we moved up here, I started coaching at South and took over as a head coach two years ago.
2: Very nice. Very nice. So this was your first year getting into the head coach role. For the kids, what was that like? You were probably hearing from them. What was it like that initial shutdown? School slowly shifted online. What was that like?
3: Yeah, I was in contact with all the kids and the parents and it was a conversation of it's okay, it's only going to be for a few weeks, no big deal. Here's some workout programs for you, keep your head up, keep positive. And then it kept going and kept going, just trying to keep in contact with the kids and and try to keep a positive attitude with them. And because I know that the isolation was hard for them too.
2: Yeah. So how much interaction did you have and what were the kids' attitudes when it came to the shutdown?
3: Yeah, they. Uh, a lot of the kids got into a depressed state, started playing a lot of video games, doing poorly in school, not showing up to school, not checking in on classes, and it, just trying to be there for them. Like I said, as a positive, you know, role model. Their parents had to go back to work, and they were home by themselves or watching their siblings and things like that. So just trying to keep in contact with as as much as possible, and still work. We have to work here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Most days, yes, we do have to work here. <laughs> and normally, the wrestling season is from when to when?
3: Normally, it's from the beginning of November till February, towards the end of February. We have our state meet, and this year it started May, and it'll go through the end of June. So we actually have a six-week season versus a 12-week season, so it's sort of compressed, but thankful that we actually get to do it.
2: Very nice. Very nice. So I'm sure, thinking back to last November, it was really all the warnings, hey, we're going to have a big spike with Christmas and that sort of thing. So probably a wise idea to, to forego that. but. What was it like getting the word that yes, you were going to have a season ultimately? And what was the feeling there?
3: (laughs) Well, it started with contact sports outside were okay. And then contact sports inside were a no-go. So basketball, us, volleyball, but we could wrestle outside. So we could have moved our sport outside and wrestled out on the turf or practiced out on the concrete near the school to then the following week it was you can go inside but you could only have six people in the room at a time. And then the rest of the kids had to work out outside, so we got a program together to where we took six kids in at a time and just rotated them out every 20 minutes for the amount of kids that we had. And then it went to everybody can go in, but you have to wrestle with masks on. Well, I don't know if you know anything about wrestling. It's a little bit of a cardio, cardiovascular sport. And now you put a cloth mask or something over your face and obviously there's contact to the face. So that made it a little bit difficult. And then when the athletic director actually came up and said, Hey, you no longer need masks while you're competing. I thought that the kids won the lottery. It was like (laughs) the best thing ever. (laughs) Yes.
2: it, it, it certainly would be impossible to to try any sort of social distancing when you're a wrestler. Yeah. So for context, how many kids do you have in your program there?
3: Right now, we have about 27 showing up.
2: Last oh, year, nice. we ended
3: up with about 50, so we're about half. But every other school around, Roseburg usually has 70. They have about 35, so everybody's cut to about in half. But we had nine seniors that were supposed to come on this year and four of them decided to graduate early a couple of them got jobs it's really cut down on the numbers but the kids that are there they're super excited
2: about it and doing really well very nice high school sports you were a high school athlete what do you think that means to him in normal times to be a high school athlete
3: i mean in normal times and i, I keep telling them not to grow up too soon because a lot of them want to get jobs and make money and drive cars and do all that stuff and looking back now Uh, I wish that I had spent a little bit more time and effort in not trying to grow up too soon and actually compete and do the things because once that's over, it's over. So wrestling, and the reason that I coach wrestling a lot of it is because it's taught me uh, mental toughness. It's taught me how to work through stuff. It's taught me that the harder that you work in the practice room, the better you are competing. So translating into business, it's just that it's. The harder you work studying and making sure your craft and understanding your craft the better you are in front of clients the better you are when it's game time in a sense to go and wrestling really teaches like i said that mental toughness to be able to get through anything it's a tough
2: sport uh, absolutely absolutely it was one i never wanted to go near yeah. those guys were always running and sweating and trying to make weight so we,
3: we actually had a football player because the weight room's right next to the wrestling room we had a football player peek in the room yesterday and and so i kind of coaxed him to come in and he wrestled with one of his colleagues, that one of the kids that he plays football with. And after about three minutes, he's like, and you guys do this and then you condition? I'm dying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, a, not an easy sport in normal times. What did it mean to the kids to get back into wrestling in May when you opened up? And what has that transition been like?
3: Yeah, I think it meant the world to a lot of them. There were, there's a couple of examples I can give you. One of the kids is a senior and he wasn't on track to graduate. He was just going to work, get his GED and just go on. And because of wrestling, he came back in. Got his, worked with the athletic director, worked with his teachers, got his grades back up, was able to walk on Saturday, get his diploma, which was Mm. super awesome. But he wouldn't have done that. And he even told me, he goes, if it wasn't for wrestling, open back up. I wouldn't have graduated. I would end up getting my GED. Another one of the kids hadn't gone to school in two months because he was just depressed and, and just sort of in that, what's the point type of a thing. And he's only a junior, so he still has a whole other year to go. But again, because of wrestling, because I reached out to him and called him and said, hey, man, we need you in the room. We'll work with the athletic director. We'll get you you know, back up to speed and all that stuff. You may not be eligible this year to wrestle, but next year you will. Let's get you on track. And uh, he's back in school. He's back working with his teachers, trying to get his grades up, actually doing the things that he should be doing, not hanging out with the kids that he shouldn't be hanging out with. And really, it's really given him a safe place to go and, and feel like he's wanted, which I think was a big deal.
2: Excellent. Excellent. So, you, right now you're about halfway through the season. What's been the most surprising thing with this abbreviated season and gradually having to shift at almost on a weekly basis as we talk to, to different parameters of how you're running your program?
3: Yeah, I think the most surprising thing is that we actually have a season and that we're actually going to get to wrestle and we're going to have a state meet and we're going to have a district meet next week. and that the kids actually get to compete and some of the seniors they get to actually try to make state and place and do all that stuff, which we didn't think was going to be possible. The other thing too, I think, is the attitude of the kids. A lot of times, and, and I'm sure you've witnessed this with younger adults, <clears throat> they feel like they have to be there so they don't really give it their full effort. This year in the room with the 27 kids that we have, it's really, their attitude's good, it's all positive, they're working hard, they're encouraging themselves, they're building the culture that I wanted to build when I took over as head coach. So. I think that it's awesome that they're, they're actually really there because they want to be. And especially now that school's out, they get to practice when there's no school. So that's the other thing too, is they're actually showing up.
2: Yeah, which honestly amazes me. I don't know if I would show up after school had ended to uh, keep wrestling and playing sports. That's probably the last place I'd want to be. But kudos to you and to the rest of the wrestling team for really creating this environment where kids feel like they belong and want to be at. So that's very exciting. So you've got a few more weeks until the state and district meets. From your standpoint, this is great that you've had a six week season for for these kids. How do you regrow the program going into next year and hopefully going back into a more normal season where you can have a full 12 weeks? And how do you get kids back into the program, not just in wrestling, but I think back into the program with school as well and get them engaged again?
3: Yeah, I think that we execute our plan that we put together last year. Usually during summer, we'll have a a two-day-a-week workout session or or practice that we have. We can't make it mandatory, but highly encouraged. And we include the junior high in that because there's eighth graders coming up. There's seventh graders that'll be coming up. We run it all through a a program called USA Wrestling, which covers the insurance stuff and things like that. So it's really just executing the plan that we had in place last year. And I have a partnership with a guy that owns a gym so that he'll train them and do some workouts with them and things like that. Just really starting to build that culture again, like I said, of of the program and South and creating the stability. I'm the fifth head coach. I think I said this in a podcast before. I'm the fifth head coach in the last 10 years that that school's had. And I'm the last head coach they'll have for a while (laughs) (laughs) because I don't plan on going anywhere. So it's really just building that forward. And it's going to take time. It's going to take time to do that.
2: And so for you personally, when did you start
3: wrestling? I started wrestling when I was six. Okay. Wow. I was a little guy. I think I've told you this, but in in high school, I was, uh, freshman year, I was four foot eight, 85 pounds. So my mom put me in things to make me tough, I guess. Okay. So wrestling was one of them, excelled at it and did well. And obviously I'm not playing football at 85 pounds in high school.
2: Probably not at at four, eight, uh, 85 pounds. (laughs) Very nice, very nice. And so, for you, was there a path beyond high school for wrestling or how did you navigate that?
3: So there is, uh, I went to a private college, a private university down in California. They didn't have any contact sports. So wrestling wasn't there. And by the time I got to high school, I was done. I was past the point to where I really wanted to do it. So I wanted to coach because I want to give back. I want to give back to the community and the sport that made me who I am and, and helped me sort of navigate through my tough times in life. So I started coaching at a high school down there when I was 20 years old. and. When I moved up here, that was one of the first things that I did was meet the head coach over there, start coaching, and then when he left, I
2: took over. So, Very nice. Very nice. With wrestling, what's your coaching technique there?
3: Really, it's building a good staff. So I have an amazing coaching staff where all of us are on the same page with what we're teaching and how we're doing it and what we're doing as far as the different things with wrestling. And it really allows me to run the background and the admin and and making sure the tournament's are put together correctly and the kids are on weight and sort of all the stuff that sometimes will slip through the cracks in a wrestling program, so there's no surprises. So really it's just having a great staff that we just progress forward together and we have a game plan together to do that.
2: Very nice, very nice. Now, I was mentioning to you just last week, I had uh, turned on the Olympic qualifiers for the Tokyo Olympics that are coming up, and it it was female wrestlers. Now, probably not something that I saw a lot of when I was in high school, probably not – you didn't see a lot of it back then, Now, but now you actually have a a fair number of female wrestlers that are getting involved.
3: Yeah, we did last year. We had uh, nine that had showed up, and we had more that were going to come on this year. We only ended up with two which it's because a couple of them graduated early and things like that. But the sport of female wrestling, the sanctioning of female wrestling has really taken off, which is awesome.
2: Very nice, very nice. Now, they're competing against other girls, I assume. Yes. But they're practicing probably against whoever's close to their weight. Correct. For, from that standpoint, what's a the difference there? Do you see a difference in coaching female wrestlers versus male wrestlers?
3: From a technique standpoint, no. From a understanding there's a difference between, you know, males and females. Absolutely. The boys are a little bit stronger if they're in the same weight class and uh, a little bit more aggressive, the the girls aren't. Last year I had, cause we had nine girls. I was able to pair the girls up together, which was you know nice because they're going to wrestle other females, mm-hmm. but this year I can't, but the dynamic of the room is good. And we just have to make sure that everything is copacetic in the sense of <laughs> they're being treated properly mm-hmm. inside the room and we don't put up with any of the, of the stuff I actually created a, a document this year that's a contract that they'll respect people in language and you mm-hmm. know respecting other people's religions and stuff like that because we're not gonna have any of that in our room so
2: yeah the last place you want that is you're trying to form a team and build that yeah for you you found a wrestling program at six years old for, for somebody who maybe has a kid or a grandchild that you know wants to have them get involved with that probably by the time they're in high school they've missed out on a lot of technique and learning so where are those entry points for somebody looking to get into wrestling as a as an adolescent.
3: Yeah, if you go to uh, usa USAwrestling.com, uh, you're able to find some of the programs and stuff that are local to you. The other thing is that most most high schools will have some sort of a youth program. So if the parents just go talk to the high school coach, the high school coaches know where their feeder programs are coming from. And in Oregon, one of the cool things is that they have wrestling in middle school. If they're interested in doing it in seventh and eighth grade, they can and then move on into the high school. We try the high schools that feed into South. We try to go visit them a couple times a year when they're having their season, so that way they have a familiar face when they walk into the room, so that they know that the head coach or the the coaches at South are real people and they're not intimidated, they're not afraid, things like that. There are definitely programs out there, and it, it's just you just have to do a little bit of research to find out. Very nice. Or they can call us, and I'll tell
2: them <laughs> if they're local. Good, good. All right. So. You've been coaching here for the last two years. Now, one thing I noticed, just because I, I notice things around the office, is you leave each day around 3.30 to go to wrestling practice. What is that time commitment for you as the coach and then also for, for the kids in your program?
3: Yeah. So for me as a coach, it's, there's some stuff that I do here because I have to do some admin stuff online and make sure that stuff's done properly. But really it's 3.30. I leave here at 3.30. I get home about six and it's that time during the day. And then on a normal season, we'll have tournaments on the weekend. So we'll be gone for Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, and be away from the family. Maybe we travel to California or up to Portland area. So Part of that is having a, a great support staff at home and my wife stays home with the kids and when I'm gone, she's with the kids the, the entire time. Big thanks to her, by the way, of being able to support me to be able to run practice and do that stuff because she knows it's important to me. And I do appreciate that. And then for the kids, it's there's outside running they have to do. If there's a weight that they have to make, you have to make a certain weight. So if they're a pound overweight, they have to go run on their own. It's not something necessarily that we're going to stop practice and do. But it's really just practice time and then just making sure that they're
2: prepared and ready to go for the next tournament. Right, right. And also, I would probably add to that issue, you've got to keep your grades up.
3: Yes, I do. No, yes, they do. (laughs) They have to make sure they're performing in school. The criteria changed a little bit this year. South moved to a trimester program, and I think they're only doing that through the COVID stuff. I think next year they're going to move back to a quarter program. But they had to be passing for three out of the five classes that they were uh, in, and they had to be enrolled in at least four classes. So there's a certain criteria through OSAA and through the school district they have to meet. Yeah,
2: Very nice, very nice. And I assume the indications you're seeing at this point is, you will have a normal season next year, maybe with, with some small modifications, but it looks like that's the path we're on right now. Is that what you're hearing? That's the goal. That's the goal. Fingers crossed, but yeah, that's where we're trending. Excellent. Excellent.
1: Guys, this is fantastic. If you don't mind, I want to jump in here and ask a question. I know that wrestling teams are pretty tight-knit. I've been around uh, many teams, and it's it really is a brotherhood, and now, as you guys alluded to, it's a sisterhood as well. What did you see this last year from the seniors? What were some of the conversations, like their biggest concerns going into graduation through facing the pandemic halfway through last year and and starting through this year?
3: Yeah, I think a lot of their concerns were graduating. They didn't like the online learning, they're social creatures, so they want to be Mm -hmm. in school around their friends. The other side of it, too, is a lot of them were a little bit bummed that they weren't going to have their senior year. There's a few kids that wrestling is the only thing they do. They didn't play any other sports and mm-hmm. that, and then getting into college programs and things like that. So we actually do. I didn't mention we have a, a young man who graduated, who got accepted to Corbin University, and got on the wrestling team out there. So um, excited about that. So a lot of their concerns were just that their world got turned upside down, just like everybody else's did.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm assuming that the university's numbers were probably lower as well for wrestling teams and things, correct? Yeah, yeah. That's
3: in talking to the coach, they're pretty light on applicants that wanted to wrestle, yeah.
1: Yeah. Royal and I've talked about ripples in a pond on this podcast. Many times he, he brings up great examples and that's something that I hadn't thought of as far as just uh, high school trickling into the, the college scene, especially with the sports. It's affected these kids in so many ways. So it's fantastic to have a, a coach there that they can talk to and that's involved and that wants to be there for them. So I appreciate you.
3: Yeah, thank you. And another thing that kind of separates me is I'm not a teacher. So they're not seeing me at the school. They know that I run a business outside of the school, which I think makes a little bit of a difference because uh, a lot of these adolescent kids, they look at their teachers like they don't know anything and they don't need to listen to them type of a thing. So they they look at us in my coaching staff. There's three of us that aren't teachers that are on the staff I think they look at us with a different respect than they would a teacher.
2: So, James, I just want to thank you for all of your dedication here. I I know how important it is to give back and do what what you feel like you need to do here and and how much time, effort, energy you put into really being a coach and a mentor to these kids. And I, I just appreciate all of that even though I, I do give you a hard time about sneaking out of the office a little early i have nothing but respect for you to do that congratulations congratulations on getting through this season and from a wrestling standpoint we just wish you all the best of luck and then professionally also <laughs> I, I hope you do okay too
3: <laughs> <laughs> thanks ron thanks for having me on again i appreciate it
1: my pleasure well, guys, again, uh, I'm going to echo it again. This has been a fantastic podcast. Great to learn about the community and the community guys you're building inside and outside of business. I know that Royal works very hard to build a good community within the, the organization. So I want to thank both of you for your time. Obviously, Royal, thank you so much for bringing him on the show. And our last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planners Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not meant to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.